Welcome back. This is Mario of Naples Strength and Conditioning, Episode 3. And as I said, we're going to get right into it with relationship marketing, what that is, what it looks like, and how does it pertain to your business. In Episode 2, we talked about there are only two activities as business owners that we look at. It's how to draw in new money, new clients, uh, sell our product, uh, and how to keep those clients, how to keep... Uh, extracting money if you will from those current that current client base we call that get them and keep them activities those are the only two things really that all businesses do we talked about being able to balance that appropriately so you're not just thinking about drawing in new business while not being able to maintain the current value that you offer and vice versa just focusing on only on delivering value but not working on bringing in new prospects or selling uh, your goods that uh, you don't make money. So there is a balance that you're constantly looking at. The way that we draw in new money and keep current money is something we call relationship marketing. It's being able to expose ourselves using practices commonly known in marketing uh, and using that to develop trust and credibility uh, in your brand and your product. Uh, and, and that helps draw this cycle of new money and uh, revenue stream. There are multiple variables to relationship marketing and no one practice, there's no such thing as one per one practice that draws in all your money. Our goal again is to balance out all these different tactics in order to uh, create a healthy, sustainable, growing business. These Factors. Uh, if you're writing this down, uh, it's email, customer service, number two, feedback, three, number four is content marketing, number five is direct mail, six is events, seven, word of mouth, and last but definitely not least is social media. So I'll get right into it. Um, one of the things to understand with all these practice is that the overarching theme is does it help build a relationship? And when you're extending yourself into these marketing tactics, if it feels like spam, it is not relational. I'll say that again. If it feels like spam, it is not relational. If it's not relational, we do not want it. We have or have and been Bar bombarded, bombarded with spam, advertisements, just nuisance, just stuff we don't want to see that we're forced to see to get into something else. And I don't know about you, but I hate that. I despise when I'm in the middle of a show and an advertisement comes in. I despise coming uh, to get my mail and have brochure upon brochure of crap that I don't even want. I've owned a home for almost a year now. Uh, it's amazing, it's an amazing blessing to, to own a home. But one of the things I hate so much is when I come into my mail, uh, I consistently on a weekly basis am receiving refinance letters from the banks, multiple banks and private practices. And it is the worst type of spam uh, I hate it, I hate it, I hate it, and there's not much I can do about it. I'm still receiving letters month by month by the same company. I will never, never 
use them because they have built no relationship in order to sell that uh, that that product, right? That package of refinancing. Anyways, number one, email. All these things we're going to talk about today in episode three are about drawing in new membership. We'll talk about these same variables in part four about doing that with current clients and what that looks like. But for right now, uh, because it is the most common marketing practice, uh, relationship marketing as it refers to gaining new clients, someone you do not have as a client that you're hoping to build and reach as a client. Email. Consistently, email spam is the laziest form of marketing. By far the laziest form of marketing. Uh, You can, today, uh, there are companies out there that will package uh, news or excuse me, email accounts for certain people, and they'll bundle it uh, a thousand email addresses for a category of newlywed couples. And I can purchase those emails and send uh, for five grand and send them a spam email. That's not what we're looking to do here. These type of emails should be informative, they should be entertaining, uh, they shouldn't be too salesy. Um, our end goal with the email is not to draw business, is to build trust and confidence. We do not send spam email. We do not send emails to people who have not signed up for our email chain or a newsletter. But this is an opportunity with people that have come into our facility that maybe never signed up but are still interested that got on our newsletter. And so on a bi-weekly and monthly basis, we're sending just a really good quality newsletter out with the things happening in our gym, the services that we're offering, or, or the, the events and the things that we're offering for the month, and some discount as well. So it's an amazing opportunity to keep people in the chain uh, and keep them in the loop. Because we understand that everyone is ready at the moment to sign up when they come to us, but we want the opportunity to let them know that we'll be around when, when they're ready. Number two is customer service. Um, Unfortunately, this day and age, it almost feels like a special moment when you receive good customer service versus being expected to have good quality service, waiting in line, having a a really unhappy uh, person at the cash register, uh, someone just really not understanding their company's own return policy, things like that. So when you actually do receive good, exceptional customer service, it makes you feel really awesome. So this is as simple as, you know, if someone is sending you an email about your services or your offerings, that we're quick to reply to those things. Uh, no matter what time of the day it is, we want to at least answer with the reply. We might not manage the business, right? There's no need to at 6 p.m. on a Saturday night trying to uh you know, answer questions to someone who's interested in signing up, but we would let them know that we received their email and we would love their contact information so that we can call them on Monday. That's amazing customer service. Um, This is as simple as when you answer the phone, answer it with a smile. You know, it comes back. You can hear that. Uh, You can feel that, that energy over the phone. And we want to We want them to let them know that this is an exciting place to be and to train and that smile on the other end of the phone makes a big difference. Um, 
other things or just being inviting. If someone randomly walks into my gym and they came in unannounced, I still want to be inviting to them. I want to give them a handshake. I want to smile. I want to let them know what brought them here, you know, and then go through our sales process or our sales funnel that we use to, you know, screen clients to make sure that they're right for our program. Uh, That's super important when offering good customer services that there's this expectation that you know i'm going to do things that are going to be welcoming that are going to go above and beyond to assist uh, prospective members or clients number three is feedback uh i don't think this is done enough because it it's it's tough you know feedback for us is, is sending out uh, a bi-yearly uh, survey to members that we trust, not everyone, just people that we feel like can offer a legitimate, non-emotional survey that allows us to be better. And so these are members that have been with us for four or five years. We, we ask them to fill out a survey that we've created with good quality questions that can help us improve our program. And that's important to us. We also expect that it's going to be critical. That's the whole point. If I if I didn't think that was going to happen, uh, I should have never sent that out initially. But I want, I, I need people, I need to hear some of that stuff and to see what are the common denominator above uh, uh, within this criticism that I can uh, change in a positive way. So looking for feedback, um, what does that look like for people that are reaching that are, are interested in our program, it could be as simple as, hey, ask a couple questions and f- send out a survey or post a survey online and the individual that uh, that fills that out receives a free t-shirt or something like that. So these aren't prospects, they get to learn more about your program and you get to hear some really good quality information that you wouldn't hear otherwise, such as, uh, would you are you interested in CrossFit? Uh, if so, why haven't you joined? And this common denominator would be hey, your prices are too high or I'm really scared about this program. And so this allows us to market our, our message a little bit better with stuff that we didn't know otherwise. Uh, content marketing, this is huge. Uh, this is the uh, best way to build trust and confidence and credibility in your brand. And that's just putting out information about what it is you're doing, your skills, uh, within your industry. So for us in a training facility, we're putting out videos on our training. We're writing, uh, you know, we're writing engaging blog posts. We're putting up motivational quotes. We're getting people fired up about training. We're putting up before and after photos. So we're putting up, right? We're creating this content and we're putting it out. And, um, that needs to be done consistently well consistently well uh i think people do create good content when they do finally create that content but it's not consistent enough to to do anything uh, positive next one's direct mail this is old school this is sending the brochures and other things like that for us we have not spammed that mail directly to people's homes but what we have done is for people that had come into our facility that were prospects but never signed up, 30 days later, send them a nice postcard uh, just asking how they're doing and if they had any other questions for us. It costs us, you know, the, the price of a stamp and 
uh, it really allows us to follow up and, and build that credibility with them as well. Again, we understand that not everyone that walks into our facility is going to sign up, but we want to give them that opportunity to know that the moment that they are ready to sign up, that we're here for them. So something as simple as a postcard makes, uh, makes all the difference. The next ones are events. We do this a lot for non-members. These are free events that we do. If it's Memorial Day or we're asking our members to bring in uh, friends to come in and join the workout of the day. If it's uh, a beach workout, that's a free event where we invite, uh, again, our members to bring in other individuals uh, that might be interested in our program but are a little scared or you know they want to do it with their friends. We're offering these events. It allows us to get out to the community, to connect with people that we wouldn't otherwise connect to. So putting that on the schedule is huge for developing that relationship and, and doing a really great job with marketing. The other one uh, is probably our best form of marketing. It's word of mouth. It's uh, our members telling other people about our program. Because at the end of the day, no matter how much I believe in my program and how much I'm able to uh, communicate uh, how well and effective and great our program is, I'm still a sales, right? It, it's, it's still considered a sale on my part. And the reason for that is I'm the owner. I have an interest in getting people to sign up. And that is a monetary value, of course. Obviously, I believe in the program. I believe it has the best benefit for health and, and well-being. But at the end of the day, I'm a sales. It's still considered a sale. Versus a member of mine who's saying, man, this program's amazing. Look what it's done for me. You should really give it a try. With no, with no, uh, no reason to do it other than they 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 see the benefit and they want others others to join in in that we also have a referral program uh in place and, I, and it's mutually beneficial for both the client and the prospect uh, but that's always a side end that's something we say hey listen by the way your uh your friend john joined and he's going to be a great addition to our program but by the way here's you know a fixed amount of money off of your next month's bill uh, so it's a huge surprise and delight that we're able to offer. And last but not least is social media. I think this is a scary word for a lot of business owners because they just, they don't know how to navigate it. And because of that, they'd rather not do it at all than really try to do it and fail. And I'm under, you know, the assumption that, you know, you just got to put yourself out there you know, because the opposite is not put your, I'd rather put myself out there than fail, than not put myself out there and not succeed at anything, right? Not have the opportunity to succeed. Um, social media gives us the opportunity to be anywhere and everywhere. It allows us to distribute information that we're creating or resharing content. It's not always, not 100% of the material that we're putting out on social media is original, but uh we are being able to distribute good quality information on a consistent basis. And this is huge. Now, whether we want to argue whether that needs to be done on Facebook or YouTube or Twitter or so forth, I just think that when you're reaching out to prospect clients, you need to meet them where they're at and you need to speak the same language. The language spoken on YouTube is totally different than it is on Instagram, right? They're looking for different things and you might be presenting on Facebook. 
what we do to creatively distribute that content is we take that content and meet that content where uh, as its original, um, how would I say this? For example, let's say I created a five minute clip on YouTube on the clean and jerk. Now on YouTube, it's set. I post it, I do some post-production, put in our outro in there, but I'm gonna take a two minute sound bite and put that sound bite, uh, put that, that, or a two minute clip from that, or a one minute clip, excuse me, because Instagram only takes 60 seconds, and I post that one minute clip on Instagram. But now, while I'm at it, I'm gonna find the best screenshot that I can from that video and post a motivating picture with a quote on Facebook. So I took that one content and I was able to distribute it in different means to different social media sites. And that has proven very successful for us because we're not having to recreate three different contents, right, to three different social media outlets. We're able to take that original content and distribute it effectively to meet the uh, the need of that social media platform. But again, what needs to be done, most importantly, above all things, is that it's done consistently. I don't think everything we put on is amazing. You know, it's not everything we go, everything we put up is is there to go viral. It, that's not our purpose. It's to engage, it's to entertain, it's to inform. But what we do, we do consistently well, and that's why we're crushing it. So that's part three, relationship marketing, on how we use those different avenues to reach out uh, and, and to prospective clients. We'll come back in episode four and talk about going over all those things all over again and building value for current clients, people that have used your product or used your service and deliver value. This this term value is such a, a generalized term and I want to get into the nitty gritty and explain what that value looks like specifically as it pertains to relationship marketing. Well, thanks guys. This is Mario. Have an amazing day. Peace out. Much love.